2: To CLNS Media powered by betonline.ag. Go to CLNSmedia.comslash roll. Use our promo code CLNS50 for 50% off your first deposit.
0: And now, time to start the Bruins Hockey Talk from three different countries. Enjoy the show!
2: Hey Bruins fans, welcome back to the Black and Gold Hockey podcast. Um, We are recording live, well, not live, it is a recording, it is a podcast, what's on demand um, listening. So um, we are actually at the Warrior Ice Arena, but right next door to the Warrior is the Rail Stop Restaurant and Bar. We're at 96 Guest Street. This is a fantastic place. If you come to one of the free events that the Bruins have, like like this week at development camp, and which is going on for the next two days, uh, Thursday and Friday, the 27th and 28th. So if you do happen to come to these events, stop by the rail stop uh, restaurant and bar, and uh, grab a great. They have a great menu, great selection of drinks. My favorite's the beers, and uh, it's my go-to anytime I'm doing anything Bruins-related at the Warrior. So uh, definitely check it out. Um, with that being said, uh, uh, Black and Gold Hockey writer uh, Pat Donnelly is actually doing interviews with players, so he's he's kind of tied up right now. He's supposed to join us, but sitting with me right now is, is my man, my friend, uh, senior Black and
0: Gold Hockey dot com writer, Mr. Mike Craddy. Mikey, what's up, man? Not much. Happy to be here. Happy to be on the pod- podcast again, and um, just took in some, some good hockey from the... Latest of Bruins rookies and you know the guys who have been there before, but uh, definitely a good group of talent today and uh, Some interesting interesting stuff to extrapolate for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um,
2: there's a lot of good things to To be told about uh, this experience today um, And for these kids that just got drafted uh, I know there's, there's 15 invites that were uh, at camp uh, this week so uh, a lot of players that I, I do not recognize, and a lot of players that I do recognize from past uh, development camps. So, uh, a lot of fun. Uh, you know, this I love this time of year. It's, it, sure. Development camp is definitely one of my favorite things to do uh, when covering the Bruins, um, because it, for me, it's because you, you get to see, you get the eye test of um, of each player, and it's not game time situations, which is tough, but. Uh, you can see what kind of attributes they can uh, provide uh, in development. So
0: um,
2: there's not really much that stood out to me today. There's a lot of skating drills and so on. Uh, I think it's going to get more intense tomorrow and Friday. But yeah. um, like for me, it's just some of the um, some of the regulars. Like uh, Oscar Steen, he was fantastic today. Uh, the speed, the shot. Uh, he's, he's definitely got it all. I'm glad that he signed an entry-level contract um, to uh, and, and possibly play in the uh, the American Hockey League as soon as next season. So, um, the other one was uh, yeah, Axel wondering. Anderson. Axel Anderson was fantastic. He looked really good, strong on his skates, good edge work. Um, and he's uh, under an entry-level deal, too. I'm not sure if he's going to go back to his home country or not. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, a, there's so much to, to, to get involved. There's so many people that I do not know. But, you know, like I said in the podcast last night with Heather Ingerson, I said that they, pretty much the draft is when you you start gauging a player. You start your track on them. You know, I'm not, I, I like prospects and everything, but I'm not like any, any of these guys that cover prospects on the regular. They know everything about them. I just I start my track as soon as they leave the podium. So um, how about your... Um, top players uh, today, just the ones that um, you know stood out to you.
0: Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with Anderson and Steen. Um, Steen's showing what we've seen in the past. He's got that fluidity to everything he does, it seems. He's got that quick release and uh, really uh, fast shot. It's accurate more times than not, uh, which is always a plus. And Axel Anderson, the thing I'm noticing more so than I saw last year, <clears throat> which was his first year at the camp, is the effortlessness of how he skates um, the, he's another guy that's just really fluid in everything he does um, mainly in the backward skating drills where you're pushing off or you're skating with one uh, on one leg um, it was just very effortless for him he's really powerful to the point where you know it creates that effortlessness uh, look to it and that's what really impressed me today he's just a his top attribute in my eyes is his skating for sure um, I thought Jake Schmaltz, the seventh rounder from this year, looked solid at times. He had a nice goal um, early on, but I thought he looked solid. as uh, Pleasant surprise. Um, Quinn Olsen was solid, too. Never really you know, looked out of place there. Uh, John Beecher is really fast. Um, yeah, looked yeah, I noticed on, that, too. Looked on top of things for the most part. Um, Roman uh, Beichkov, I'm not sure how you say his name, wasn't, isn't going to be yeah. here this week, unfortunately, but um, yeah, he's the one guy in the draft class that wasn't here, but I think um, I think Matthias uh, Montakivi. I'm not sure if I pronounced that correctly. He did a lot better than I did last night. <laughs> um, I think the one thing with him, I think he looked good, but I think his shooting release is a little awkward. I think he keeps his hands like really close together sometimes, and that like maybe doesn't let him uh, allow him to get the best release off, which is something you, you can work on. He's very young. Um, but overall, I was pretty impressed with the uh, draft class. Another guy I liked was, who um, I'm drawing a blank on his name, um, Josh Maniscalco from okay. Arizona State looks solid at times too, as one of the invites. And, uh, Casey, solid program in Arizona yeah, State. Casey Dornback, that. as well, the kid from Harvard, yep. uh, has a really quick release. Samuel Asselin was really impressive, yep. uh, led the QMJ challenge scoring yeah. this year. Um, Those are a few standouts for me. I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing um, guys like Stanika and Lauko and Kyle Kieser um, in the mix who weren't on the ice today. But for the goaltender, I think it was Jeremy Swayman that stuck out the most to me today. Um, For him, his main attribute that sticks out always is his athleticism and his quickness in the crease. And his lateral movement, and I think he just put that on display again today. Like you said, it wasn't very high intensity. There was it was mainly just like standard drills. But I think swimming uh, looked good in the pipes, and overall, it was a pretty good day for the uh, most of the crop today. So I was impressed.
2: Yeah, I mean, I really, that was great, Mike, and and the way you explained everything, and 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 no, and remembering all these names was was fantastic, but. As much as I did see a lot of the players and, and the skating drills and so on, my, my focus was on goaltending. I'm a former goaltender myself. so. Um, but uh, Swayman looked really good. I thought that, you know, uh, and Cochran, he was good uh, for a young kid, high schooler. And um, I, I'm drawing a blank, and I got the sheet right in front of me. He's going to Merrimack next year, so I'll be able to yeah? watch him. Yeah, that's right, that's um, right. If he
0: starts, Merrimack's got three freshman goaltenders. Um, Yeri Hutma from Finland, Christian Stover, who played in the USHL, and uh, James Corcoran. So I guess it's anybody's job. Um, so if Corcoran's going to be between the pipes, uh, I will definitely be there. I will be watching and maybe uh, throwing some video out there, something like that. Nice. Know. Yeah, he For, did a great uh, job on the tweets today. Thank you. For everybody, anybody who wants to keep tabs on him since this is his second time at camp, you know, he's probably someone on the team's radar Yep. Um, as an undrafted kid, so yep. definitely something worth monitoring in the future. Yeah, I, I, I thought Dan Bledata did very well. Um, he's, it always blows my mind how big
2: he is. Yeah, and how much, how much he takes away at the bottom of the net, you know what I mean? It's just, I mean... It's amazing. His um, his athleticism is good, and he's just a big kid. It's just like he and he doesn't have to like play that aggressive style out in front of the crease like a lot of smaller goaltenders do to cut down the angle. I mean, he's already there. He's like halfway between the goal line and the middle of the paint, and he's just acting big. Yeah. But when the puck is coming down, even in these drills that we saw today. When the puck is staying low, I mean, he's just really good at like just shutting pretty much half of the goal down to the ice, completely down. So, if anybody's going to score on a guy like that, you need to put it up in the air. Yeah, uh, Jeremy Swayman, always a, always a, a big fan of, of this kid. Um, he had a solid freshman year at the University of Maine uh, under the tutelage of uh, of Alfie Michell, the goaltender coach, and. Uh, Mike Dunham, uh, second year uh, goaltending coach assistant, and he's done a fantastic job uh, going all over the world, uh, wherever, from prospect goaltenders are, and uh, just giving them uh, some training tips uh, and what it's like to, to prepare to be a pro. So, um, Mike Dunham is a solid addition, glad he's here, because uh, he works very well with um, with goaltending coach Bob Vicenza. So, um, yeah, James Cochran, uh, Walpole, Mass. native, like you said, going to Merrimack College. So, um, you know, yeah, definitely keep him on the
0: radar. Yeah, um, for sure.
2: Maybe Taylor Gauthier. Knows, uh,
0: maybe he knows Chris Wagner. Yeah, right. The mayor. The mayor. The mayor. Um, Taylor Gauthier is interesting. He's yeah, a right-handed catcher or right. I'm right-handed yeah. catcher. Are you? Yeah. You don't
2: that's see why, them that much. That's why when I when I when I looked over, I'm like, wow. You know, that's like.
0: You know, it just brought me back a little bit. The only like recent right hand catchers I can think of in the NHL are like Jonas Hillard, Hutchinson. Wait, Michael Hutchinson is? Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't even remember that. And Steve Mason, too. Was a I could be catch. wrong on that. Could be wrong. I'm not sure. I honestly don't remember. I had a few drinks last night.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, any anybody else
0: that really stood out at all um, to you? I mean,. Um, Thinking back, I mean, hmm. Oh, I, I mean, I'm that... kind of biased here, but I think Mike Hardman had a good camp. He's the kid. I Again, wrote, wrote a story about. Yep. Um, he lives actually lives down the street from me. Going to Boston College next year. I thought he looked solid. I think. Um, I think he weighs a little bit more. I was talking to his dad. Um, I think the 190s a little light. He's hovering around 200 205 now, so he's got some. He's got some meh, some good weight on that frame, and um, when I talked to him, he said one of the things he wants to improve at camp, playing against you know a different group of guys, some higher um, some pretty high-level players, and obviously at the college level in the future, is his first three steps. He he feels and you know you watch him and you see he is a good skater for a kid his size. But um, the one area he wants to improve on is those first three steps and his acceleration. And overall, you know, I don't think he let that slow him down today. I think he um, shut off that quick release, and you know, he scored 39 goals this year in the, um, in the BCHL. So he's a goal scorer, and he's um, going to be hopefully looked at to score a bit at uh, BC, even as a freshman. And I think he just um, put his top attributes on display today. Then um, Jake Schmaltz again, too, um, the seventh rounder. Um, I thought it was solid as well, he's got, um, he'll, he'll be going to the college road as well um, in North Dakota, but he's got ties with um, his brother, cousin Nick, is on the, um, on the Arizona Coyotes, I thought he looked solid. Um, Nate or I'm not sure how, if I pronounced that right, uh, looked pretty solid as well, he's a kid from uh, Penn State, just kind of small shifty forward, uh, uh, just had a good camp for me honestly today. And my last guy, honestly, is Linus Sandin, who's a bit different in regards that he's older than a lot of these guys. He's 23. Uh, played over in Sweden this year uh, for, I think it was, let me double check here, Yeah, it was HV71. Good club. Um, good club in Sweden. And you, you could see his age um, shine through. He looked very composed. And he just, something about those Swedes, man, they have the finesse. Yes. and him and him and Oscar Steen really have that finesse and how they handle the puck and shoot it, and he could just really rip it, and uh, just seems like a kid that's got a good uh, hockey mind um, on him, and you know he's got some got some smarts for sure, and he he definitely stood out as well. Um, for me, on
2: defense, um, in the in, in the uh, in these, you know, in this camp, I I like Dustin Mc McFall McPhail. I'm not sure how how to actually say it. Uh, he looked pretty good, really good edge work. Um, and he's going to Clarkson next season, uh, commit there. He played in the Ontario Junior, League. Junior Hockey League uh, last season. And um, I, was, I was told that if he didn't play in the OJHL last season, that his eligibility for Clarkson would have been null and void, and he w- probably. probably would have gone to an uh, Ontario Hockey League team. I wonder if a certain team holds his rights. Could be, maybe it yeah. could be. But um, yeah, it's just a. It was a good day one, and we got two more days of this. Um, looking, definitely looking forward to seeing more. Um, yeah, I I want to see Lalko. I'm a huge fan of Lalko, Stjepanica, and those guys. So much, nice. so nice. You know, loco train. <laughs> the locomotive. Uh, locomotive. That's what it is. Yep. that's what it is. Uh, yeah. So um let's talk about the draft a little bit um how about what are your thoughts on how this team selected this year they seem to, to me again a lot of reaching a lot of numbers that I've, I looked at from uh, from the, the rankings that just yeah. seemed like they were you know I can't complain on on how they draft I'm not I'm not gonna do that but it just seems like they're, they're going way out of the way to get a certain player and not the best available.
0: Yeah, I think something I want to get out of the way first is with McFall, McPhail. I think Clarkson's an underrated uh, route for him because I think they're really up and coming. They've really broken onto the scene recently, so I'm interested to see how he develops there for however, however long he is there. Uh, when it comes to the draft, there, you know you look at who was on the board at pick 30. Um, we've Everybody, Everybody's a friggin' expert when it comes to this stuff. Um, everybody will be like, oh, we should have had this guy, should have had this guy. Yeah, well, somebody probably should have taken Bobby Brink in the first round, too, and he dropped all the way into the second round of the Philadelphia Flyers um, that traded up for him. Like, this happens with people, and I don't understand the people that are already, you know, giving, giving John Beecher the short end of the stick. This is a guy that, you know... Not He wasn't a surefire first rounder in all rankings, but he was in many rankings. He was speculated as a good target for the Bruins. He's an American kid. Um, he's going to be playing his college hockey at Michigan. And he was a bit of a reach in, in the eyes of some, but I think he fits in need in the sense that I don't think he's unlocked his full potential yet as a prospect because he played behind Jack Hughes and Alex Tercott for the development program this year in the United States. Um... I think, I think there's really more to him. You know. I think he's going to play a lot at Michigan, and I think he's going to unlock another uh, aspect of his game and just take the next step. And I don't think Bruins fans should be so quick to you know, harp on a John Beecher pick over someone like maybe Nathan Lagare or, um, or Arthur Kaliev or Bobby Brink. I think you should give John Beecher a chance because he's a big center with speed. Um, you could argue, you could speculate um, if ands, ors, or buts. If he was playing higher in the lineup in more high-leverage situations, he might have done more. But I think the pick is fine. I think the team needed another uh, legitimate center prospect behind Stanika and Frederick because in terms of high-end high end ability, They don't have a ton outside of those guys, so I was really looking for them to add a good center or a scoring right winger, and they added the center. So I'm pleased with that. Quinn Olsen was a little bit off the board as well, I think. Um, You know, he's another guy that, like, some of these rounds 2-4 to guys have a rounds 2-4 to range, so they could go anywhere in that range. A lot of people thought they could have done better than Quinn Olsen, but this is a guy that is probably... It's not listed on a elite prospects where he's going to play next year, but he's probably going to play for Ocotox again in the Alberta Junior League. He plays with a kid named, I think his name is Dylan Holloway, who's okay. a projected lottery pick in next year's draft. And, you know, that's something to monitor if he's playing there for another year playing with this Holloway kid and potentially tearing it up before he goes to Minnesota Duluth uh, for the 2020 twenty one season. I think... Quinn Olson has intriguing upside in that sense and like I said with Jake Schmaltz uh, the seventh rounder he looks solid today uh, I think you know he looked pretty comfortable for a, the seventh rounder he probably turns his heads a little bit um with Manta Kivi, like I said you know I think he needs to work on his release a bit I think his hands are a little clunky and he's a little bit too bunched up at times but you know that can be worked on he's a young kid and um yeah I think overall the Bruins did a solid job with the draft I hope um in the future, we hear more, see more from uh, Roman Bichkov, uh sometime this year. I assume he's probably just going to play in Russia again, right. um, but we won't see him at camp. But overall, I think the Bruins, you know, did fine at the draft. You know, they didn't have a lot of picks; they only had five. But you know, I think they did fine with the um, with what they had uh, at their disposal. Excellent.
2: And joining us now is uh, is Patrick Donnelly. He's the uh, uh, the writer, new writer, uh, first-year writer at theblackandgoldhockey.com. Thank you very much for your, your continued contributions to the website yeah, and what you my did. My pleasure. And so how was, how was this experience for you, getting to uh, get down in the locker room uh, at
1: a Bruins event and talk to the players? That was unreal, honestly, um, being able to talk to players, you know, pick their brains a little bit, or at least listen in when you could pick their brains. Um, and it was really interesting hearing that. Hearing, um, Jamie Langenbrunner speak just now on everybody, yeah. um, just about his thoughts on, you know, guys like Cooper, Zeck and Oscar Steen. I know we have we've had a focus on him between SHL articles and the article on him signing with the team, and it was just a really cool experience. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome,
2: and thank you very much for doing that. It's a class act. Um, uh, another question that was how was it, uh, how was it up there with the uh, the rest of the. Uh, the hard work and
1: media crew in Boston Sports. Um, it was it was interesting just seeing like how they interact with each other. You know, it, like looks like it's a real like strong camaraderie. Up there, they're all friends. It looks like. Yeah. Um, but um, just. Being up there in the press box wasn't wasn't that great of a view, like you told us earlier. Like, couldn't see anything really, unless yeah. you like stood up on your chair. But um, it was still pretty nice being up there, nonetheless. Absolutely. and having the charger was nice. Yeah,
2: yeah, right. Yeah, all those all that free stuff up there. Um, no, great. Um, and we were just talking to Mike about uh, the players that stood out. So let's hear
1: what uh, players that you, when you were able to see them, uh, who really stood out for you. I really liked what Oscar Steen showed today. I thought he had a real good motor on him. Here we are, like with the hockey lingo, but he looked really fast, faster than a lot of people give him credit for. He stood out to me. And I saw Mike mention on Twitter, his release is really strong. Um, and obviously John Beecher can't, can't knock the skating ability. It's on, you see it in the highlight packages you saw when they drafted him or you look him up on YouTube. Um, and you hear scouts say, oh, he's a great skater, but unbelievable just seeing him in person and being able to see him up close, for considering his size, too. As yeah. a big man, he yeah. can move. Um, and so you hope that with a little time at Michigan, he'll be able to find, you know, like the offensive creativity people might be looking for, but you also don't know if that was just, he was conforming to his role behind Jack Hughes and Trevor Zagres and yeah. Terracott, yeah. et cetera. Um, and also, um, I think it was Matt Wolf, um, 6'4", defenseman. I mean, here we am like talking about the skating ability again, but for as big as he is, he looked like he could move pretty well out there and had looked for a decent stat sheet for his three years at Minnesota Blues so far. He'll be a senior next year, so you would like to see more about, uh, out of him this week. And he's a camp invite, too, Wolf, yes. right? Yeah, so this is the second one. Mm-hmm.
2: He was here last year when we were covering the, the event. Um, yeah, when you talk about Beecher, um, there's not many people in draft that were selected this year that, and it's not about his skill set, his size. Yeah. His skill set is really good, but it's just you don't see that in a big man like him, and he's, and he's going to grow. I mean, what is he listed at now? It's 212 or something like that? 6'3", uh, 209. 209, and that's probably just going to get... More, he's gonna get yeah. bumped up and muscled. Yeah, he's So really, so he's young, probably man. gonna definitely break a two twenty five, and that's like power forward stature right there. That's in my opinion.
0: that's someone who you're gonna hate to have forechecking against yeah. you if you're because you're gonna runner. get trucked over every time. And he's it's not like he's gonna play in a sheltered role. He's gonna play against college hockey players, and you know some guys that are older than him. And he's gonna play in a rough environment. It's not gonna be. It's not going to be uh, cute and ditzy in college hockey. It's going to be hard, and you're going to have to you're going to have to be ready. Uh, you be ready to be thrown around. You know? yeah, yeah, you're going to be thrown in with the wolves, especially as a first round pick. He's going to play a lot, yeah. I imagine. And, as, and he's going to be thrown in. He, Michigan they play great teams every year. They're one of the better teams in the country every year. Like he's going to be thrown in with the wolves. And as a big um,
2: freshman going to the University of Minnesota. I mean, uh, Michigan. He's gonna um, get a lot of good, like, in- advice from like a guy like Jack Becker. Jack yeah. Becker's a big kid too. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't exactly know where to project Jack. Um, you know, he's a big kid. Definitely a fourth-line center, something like that, down the future. But there's, there's just so many. So many avenues for a kid like this to just make a huge impact in the NHL when he has the opportunity. So take the four years that you can do you know, or three years or whatever. You know the you know the, the terms nowadays in the NCAA that, you know, after two or three years you're pretty much ready to commit and turn into a pro. Start yeah. making some uh, some real money, so
0: Yeah, you see some one and dones, but um, those are typically towards the top of the draft. I'd I'd definitely see three or four years for John Beecher, honestly. Yeah. Probably. Maybe it's two, but I think think three is the sweet spot for John Beecher. I don't think they could definitely use him down the road. There's no secret, like, why else would they draft him in the first round? But I don't think they need to rush him because they currently have pretty good center depth um, with, obviously, uh, Bergeron and Krejci, and then Charlie Coyle, if they decide to keep him around after next season, which I hope they do at this rate with how good he's been. And Sean Corale, Trent Frederick, Jackson Nika, the list goes on a little bit longer. But you don't need to rush a guy like John Beecher, because when he comes, whenever he comes in, whatever that may be, he's probably gonna start in the AHL, I imagine, with yeah. Providence. Yeah. So, you know, he's a guy you don't have to rush, and you can just slowly let, let him build into the grow into that frame and grow comfortable at the college level, and then he'll be ready to play against men in the NHL or AHL, whenever that may be. Out of this. But uh, even though hockey season is officially over, there's
2: many sports worldwide to keep you interested, like Major League Baseball. Women's World Cup. And golf. Um, with the British Open coming up in a few weeks. So if your confidence is high and you're feeling lucky, we suggest one website that's unlike no other. Uh, get in all the action, grab the odds, and allow the experts at betonline.ag do the heavy lifting for you. Sports, live betting, virtual casinos, you name it, betonline.ag is CLNS Media's preferred sports book online. Uh, please support our Black and Gold Hockey podcast by going to clnsmedia.com bruins and use the code CLNS50 for 50% back after your first deposit. That's CLNS50 at clnsmedia.com bruins, betonline.ag, your online sportsbook expert. Sure. Uh, let's take a quick break. We're about halfway through the, uh, an hour show. We're going to try to do an hour. I don't know if I'm going to make it because I'm getting hungry. So, uh,
0: <laughs> i don't blame it. We will be right back. Passion,
1: talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 90% rate. Nick Bukestead Backhand
0: scores! Wow, what a goal.
1: David Backus scores! Zach Parisi, were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world! We're back. Uh,
2: this is black and, hold, black and Gold Hockey Podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. I had a few drinks last night, so uh, we're back. Uh, we're at the Rail Stop Restaurant and Bar at 96 Guest Street in Brighton, Massachusetts, right next to the awesome uh, Warrior Ice Arena uh, where the Bruins practice and training facility and development camp and everything else. It's a great facility. If you're ever in the neighborhood um, of Guest Street or in the Brighton area, please come to and check out the uh, the Rail Stop. It's a great great bar and as I said in the beginning I, I'm, I love this place and it's my go to every time I, I do any Bruins events here so uh, with that being said uh, I'm still joined by uh, Black and Gold Hockey.com writer Mike Craddy and Pat Donnelly uh, thank you both again for the time uh, unbelievable day so much to like gather I, I want to go home and just you know decompress and, and gather my thoughts but really cannot this is just like you know the third day is the, the day that I really like. Okay, this the, this person really stood out to me, and that person really stood out to yeah. me because you you see in a you know a wider span of what's going on in their training um, at this development camp. But stepping away from development camp altogether, um, we, we we both we all saw we all saw what the Bruins almost had. Right? We went right down to a game seven in the Stanley Cup Finals against the St. Louis Blues. Congrats to them, but. What has to be done on this team? And I know I, I've been asking this a lot lately, but it's the off-season, and, 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 you know, we, we need the content. So uh, what has to be done moving forward to cross the threshold to um, to, to
0: capture that seventh uh, uh, yeah. championship in the franchise? I'll start with you, Mike. They, first off, they need to handle what's going on internally. They need to uh, fit mainly McAvoy and Carlo under the cap. Sign Dan Heinen too if you could fit him in, but I think he's definitely the third priority to uh, Carlo and McAvoy. Good. Yeah, I think they need to start with like the internal matters with McAvoy and Carlo being RFA's um, and like twelve million dollars in cap space now with Camphor being signed. Um, you definitely need to prioritize them then Dan Heinen. Um, I think the UFAs come after that in a sense that like, you know, maybe obviously they become UFAs July one. But you have to, you know, lock up those core young players like McAvoy, Carlo and Heinen first, you know, because they're your internal guys. You know, you never know if Marcus Johansson's gonna get offers from half the league and you know you're not gonna have much of a solid negotiation process with him because you know he's gonna get offered more money or a more favorable contract elsewhere. Um Noah Chari is a guy that they could re-sign, but I could also see them letting go of because they have a lot of guys that can do what he does. I'd hate to see him go because the guy played through a broken sternum in the playoffs, which is crazy for a bowling ball like him who, it seems, racks up 20 hits a game. That's got to hurt a lot, whether you're being hit or you're laying the hit. Um, I think it starts there, and then I really think we've been talking about it for years. They need that second-line winger. They need a permanent guy as much as Bruce Cassidy made the revolving door on the right side work, you can't do that all the time and you know establish comfortability for some players because as much as you know, there's a next-man-up mentality, whether it's an injury or just like a need of a change of scenery on a different line, you don't want Denton Hyden moving up and down the lineup the whole year again. You don't want David Back moving up and down the lineup, Carson Kuhlman, whoever it is, Zachary Seneshin, if he makes the team. You want... Your top six is already pretty rigid outside of that right wing position. And I think if you just acquire that right wing, the guy that's the no-nonsense fit, like he's the guy, we're going to keep him here. And barring an injury godforsaken, um, we keep him there. And, you know, we establish chemistry in certain spots and not just moving up and down the line the whole time. Whoever that may be is up in the air. I don't think it's going to be a UFA because they just don't have the cap space unless they make some moves to accommodate a free agent. But they, I think, they're definitely in the market for a trade. Um, whether it's Jesse or Yarvey, who's rumored to you know, um, for Boston to be a favorable destination for him, he apparently wants to play outside of Canada. Um, whether whoever it is, Mats like Matt Zuccarello is another option, but he's gonna command a lot of money as a UFA. So you gotta pick and choose your battles on the uh, on the guys that are already locked up, because I don't think you're planning a right wing uh, free agent. But I think they really gotta address that position. It's been a position of need for years. Poor David Krejci has had to deal with 1,800 different wingers, and the only consistent guy recently has been Jake debrust Like, give them a consistent. Line mate, and I think you get more consistent results out of that line. And yeah, I think that's got to be the main priority once you take care of your own business. Uh, Pat, your
1: thoughts on um, moving forward, what we need? Um, It's tough to really follow that up. He hit all the bases, pretty much took everything right out of my mouth. But yeah, um, priority one has to be Charlie McAvoy, and right on that same level, what kind of 1A, 1B, Brandon Carlo. Um, again, Perfect World, you can get Dan Heinen around like two or three million. Maybe squeeze him in there. Would would um, Heinen to you be the one to bridge? I th- he's the one to bridge. Yeah. Either either him or Carlo. I don't think you can afford to bridge McAvoy, given the way, just the way, the rate of inflation these days, especially with these young players. Because you, maybe you give him like three years, four million, maybe like that sort of bridge, and then all of a sudden he's asking for Drew Dowdy money or something, what what have you. So I think. Maybe we might see a Pashenak situation where it goes a little bit, and he comes in at some crazy team-friendly contract no one saw coming. Um, but I think, like the six, seven million neighborhood, long term for at least seven years is what you have to be looking at for him. Right. And same thing for Carlo too. Get get him in at what you can now, long term, and rather wait for him to inflate and ask for a much larger price. No, it makes a ton of sense. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, the, the right wing
2: for me is going to be addressed. Um, and it's. And I'm not even sure if it's going to be done internally. I think it's going to be another year of uh, the revolving door of the Carson Coleman or uh, the Danton Heinen that can be inserted up and down the lineup. And that's one of the reasons why I like Heinen a lot. And it's not his point production. That's always probably not going to be there all the time. It's just his versatility and the way that he can... Um, take direction from Bruce Cassidy Boston yeah. Bruins head coach and play on the fourth, the third, the second and even the top line at, at some points um, so uh, yeah I would go real low term I, I definitely would, you've got to lock your defense, defense wins championships it's, it's, yeah. it's just a fact
0: so yeah, my, my outlier option for the Bruins is if they could somehow make it work which is going to be tough because it sounds like Don Sweeney is not keen on moving on from David Backus, who would open up an avenue here. My top guy, if they are to make a trade, is Nikolai Ehlers from the Jets. If he is actually available, I think he is like a perfect, perfect fit. Um, For most of his time recently in Winnipeg, he's been a left winger, but he has played right wing in his time in the past. Um, whether you get him or you add to the revolving door with guys like Zachary Seneshin who are getting a shot, maybe Jacob Lauko. I don't know how much we see of Jacob Lauko this year, but I think it's certainly possible. I think his game's at a higher level than some people give him credit for, and he could see some NHL time maybe this year if he does come to Providence. Um, but, you know, if you if you don't address that position, like, do you want that revolving door? Do you want that that... Constant burden of having to shuffle up your lines because you don't have that consistent guy on the second line. Right. Do you want to do that? And that's something Bruce Cassidy and the crew have to have to ponder. You know, maybe the second line right wing guy on the trade market, so to say, is someone nobody's talking about. Maybe Don Sweeney goes completely off the board and gets someone just no like like I said, absolutely nobody's talking about. But I just really think that's going to hold you back because. Ty Anderson made a good point on Twitter yesterday. I hate the argument that people say, like, "Oh, the Bruins had an easy road to the Cup Finals this year with Carolina, Columbus." But if you get that far next year, there is a chance you run into Toronto again. You run into Tampa Bay. You run into you know, like different teams that might be at a higher level, whoever they may be, at that point in the in next season that are better than the teams you ran into this year. So. If you run in with the same, the same group, you might not have as easy of a time getting past them. You know, whatever road you might take, whichever teams you might see in route to a cup run. So, yeah, the, a huge reason why you have to address that position, I think, is because you're gonna you might face a tougher road next year if you get that far. And that's something you always have to keep in mind, because it's a stone's throw, whether you do or not. But, you know, if you do, you want to be well prepared for it. Um, one thing with the twelve million dollar
2: cap space that the current Bruins have right now um, is there's probably not going to be any offshoots. I would I would yeah.
0: for the Bruins or in general.
2: I I just think for the Bruins. Oh, I don't I, think so. You oh. know what I mean? I, I don't I don't think that you're going to be. I don't think Don Sweeney in in, in his position and growing through the um, the Bruins like developmental system. And, like, yeah. he, he was like you know a, a player development. Type of role in the organization, and it, it just to uh, give up. Sometimes it can garner four first-round draft picks. Yeah, if you're going real big, if you're going yeah. for Mitch
1: Marner. Well, exactly. Yeah. You know
2: what I mean. But you're also taking a huge step back in your development when
1: exactly. you need to yeah.
2: replenish each year and certain aspects of the of the of the organization, and in, in, in the depth and so on. So yeah, I don't see it happening. A lot of people no. saying that they should do it. Don't don't sign Heinen. Don't sign this person. Don't sign it. Create some money yeah. and then offer sheet everybody. That's, if that's if the much.
0: Bruins were to offer sheet somebody, the one guy I would throw out is Kevin LeBanc on the San Jose Sharks. He's a young right guy that can play right winger, right-handed forward, and he can score. With San Jose, you know, locking up Carlson recently, they have some internal matters to take care of. They might bring back Patrick Marleau if he gets bought out by the Hurricanes. Um, Joe Pavelski, who I assume they'd like to keep around because he's their captain, Um, Timo Meyer, there's a couple others too that I'm drawing a blank on, but, you know, if they can't, you know, make room for a guy like Kevin LeBanc, he's not going to cost four first-round picks if you offer shoot him. You know, you might offer shoot him for a reasonable price and then San Jose just matches it and it's over, you know, you don't get the player, but... You know, if you're looking for an outside of the box route, if you can't execute a trade for that second line right winger, or you can't find somebody in free agency, if you create the room, I think Kevin LeBanc is an interesting option. I think if he gets opportunity, San Jose will match it. But I think he's you know a guy that's worth keeping an eye out for because he's not an RFA that on an opportunity is going to make you shell out for first round picks. What do
1: you think? Well, I like what, what you were saying where you think Sweeney Michael could go completely off the board here with someone to address the second line right wing because we saw that with Johansson. Like some, someone may have mentioned it once in passing on Twitter um, and then all of a sudden it's 3 p.m. on trade deadline day and it's looking like Marcus Johansson and the Bruins. Completely out of the trees. No one saw that coming. But on the other hand we also had Charlie Coyle who seemed like years now was supposed to be going to the Bruins and that, he ended up pulling the trigger on that. Um but it just seems like there needs to be some sort of I mean like either consistency where like they start the season like this is the guy we're going to just like try here like we're going we're gonna to try and get rid of this revolving door like whether it is Carson Fulman whether he starts the season there and stays long term there or maybe even Dan Heinen goes there full time instead of third line left wing um, it's just going to it's going to be interesting to see how they do this and maneuver the cap space absolutely uh, cool. well We've got about 40, 45 minutes of, uh, of content,
2: and like I said, I'm old and fat, and I'm hungry. So, with that being said, uh, I want to thank the, the fine folks at the Rail Stop restaurant. Uh, in Bar at 96 Guest Street, right next to the Warrior Ice Arena with everyone's practice. They train, do all kinds of development camp. Also want to thank Mr. Mike Ratty, senior writer for the blackandgoldhockey.com website, and also from the same website, uh, Pat Donnelly. Um, I hope I'm saying that right. Yep. Okay. I'm terrible with, with names. You'll, you'll learn that. But uh, thank you both for your time today and, and, and of course sitting with us today is is my dear friend Lisa Lannon and she is my a longtime Facebook friend. She really helped us out today, so hopefully... She is the black and gold enforcer. Yeah, she is the enforcer, so if anybody came near any of the equipment that was all over Warrior Ice Arena, um, she was going to like bite your ankle really If anybody
0: hard. wanted uh, mess, you better get off the tracks
2: when Lisa's coming through. So, but, but Lisa, thank you very much for your time today. I really appreciate it, and we will definitely see you tomorrow. So. With that being said, my name is Mark Allred. I'm the host of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. This has been brought to you by betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag. And you go to clnsmedia.com slash Use promo code CLNS50 to save yourself 50%. Don't forget, it is a great place to go, a place to wager. And uh, they, they really teach you how to do it if you're not very familiar with placing bets. So we will be back here tomorrow probably with a different crew. Uh, We'll see what happens with that, but um, we will uh, bid you adieu. So uh, take care and uh, be safe, everybody.